there has been so much misinformation put out from some of these crazy Karens. Blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. <laughs> we have the mother. This is obviously the missing mother. And we have the child. And they just poof, disappeared. It was how he was not only going to kill me, but how he was going to kill my husband. And the race was on. This is The Klein Files with Philip and Carolyn. Good morning. Happy Friday. Why are you happy? Because it's Friday. Aren't you working all weekend? I I saw on the calendar it said that you were in. I'm working Saturday, but not Sunday. Sunday is going to be family fun day over in Houston. So. Well, did you invite me to family fun day? No, I didn't. You know, what's your deal? <laughs> you're gonna have, you don't. Yeah, you're I, I travel so much. Saturday I, uh, night. No, so I travel. Fun. Yeah, You'll okay. have your own pop-off fun day. All right. I do get the kid. I get two of your children, right? Yes. Okay. The girls? Yep. Good. I know what they like to eat, and they eat like horses. Do yeah, I have to have them fed true. on Sunday morning? Are you coming to pick them up? Yeah, before we get there. What time are you coming? Oh, I don't know, by nine? Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your girls sleep till noon. They would if they could. Yeah, I, but they would if they could. They can. <laughs> we'll it's papa time. That. All right, I'll get them up, get them fed and dressed anyway. And good morning or afternoon or evening or middle of the night whenever you're listening to this podcast. My name is Philip Klein, and I am president and CEO of Klein Investigations in consulting a division of Klein Investments Incorporated, and you're listening to the Klein Files. Can you tell that I'm I'm feeling pretty good today? I can tell. I mean, I'm feeling really good today. Today's a good day, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna talk about a bunch of stuff today. It's kind of like a hodgepodge of questions that you have for us that we uh, I guess you've downloaded, and I can see your over there working frantically right now and then we'll talk about some other stuff stuff uh but right now i want to talk about stalkers wait we're not going to talk about stuff we're going to answer our q a's okay and then we'll talk about stuff but um i uh, i want to talk about stalkers now a lot of people a lot of they're fun what they're fun what's fun stalkers oh yeah i mean you know some are so stupid, they're stupid. But anyway, um, once again, here we go. We've got a stalker here uh, to Klein Investigations and Consulting. Actually, we have two, don't we? We have somebody that is so far off their rocker. I'm going to talk about it. Why? Well, just because. I mean, you know, you got to make it public or they won't stop. And uh, it's kind of like what we did with Darrell and Retzloff, you know? And this one is getting up there pretty damn quick. Well, <laughs> the first one is. The second one is uh, is being stupid, but we'll we'll talk about that later. Uh, the first one is a female that lives here somewhere in southeast Texas, and she sends me love letters. Oh yeah, this one. This one's fun. <laughs> yeah. Love letters, and she listens to this podcast, and she downloads me on discovery id and what's the other channel i'm on right now discovering discovery and discovery id it's not discovery what is it 
It's Discovery ID and another ID channel. Network. ID Network, that's it. And I'm being rotated through there a lot with all of the, the good old hits right now. So uh, that's been kind of a little bit of fun. Uh, I noticed how they have pulled the Texas Monthly thing. Everybody hears litigation and they all go run for the hills. Uh, but they pulled the Texas Monthly uh, the, uh, story that they did, the videos. Uh, you can still get them online. Look around a little bit. You can find them. But anyway, I find Reddit. that. Hmm? Reddit. My favorite place. Yeah, Reddit. That's a good place. Y'all haven't taught me how to use that yet, but you're very good you at it. You probably don't want to use it. To Why? Be Why? I think we could just put your name in the search bar on Reddit and quite a bit comes back. Uh, 37 years of doing this, I would think other, I'm on there somewhere. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm, I'm starting to go back to living... Uh, you know how I did at the height of Retzloff and Durrell? And by the way, for you people out there that do not know what we're talking about, there was a guy named Thomas Retzloff. He was a convicted pedophile. Uh, his, he lived out in Arizona, and he formed a bunch of different sites uh, that referred to me, and he's doing kind of like what another stalker does, which is takes a uh, paragraph uh, or a paragraph, not even a paragraph, a sentence, and then puts it out in the community and goes, aha, we got him, he's a liar. And it's so silly, uh, you know, and I used to kind of, every once in a while, y'all get mad at me and say, did you listen to that? And I say, yeah, don't listen to that. It's stupid. And I've gone back now to not listening to anything. You know, the old rule is don't. Don't watch your own press, right? Don't read your own press. Is That's that a what rule? you say. Since you've been here, has this not been a rule in this office? Don't read your press. They're just trying to steer you, and they have a, a alternative uh, goal. So we don't read press around here. We just forge forward. And um, anyway, this, this lady has sent me. I'm going to tell everybody. I mean, why not? She has sent me clothes. I wish I had the card that you just got this week so I could read I haven't it. read it. I'm not reading it. No, I want to read it on air. No. Oh my don't. gosh, yes. Why? Yes. Why? That would be amazing. Why? Because it's hilarious. Oh, you don't want to do that to me. And because I don't want to hear it. Uh, but anyway, she is a true stalker de jour, de form, and she writes me love letters. How many would you say we've gotten? 15, 20, 30? It's up there. I mean, I don't know. She's found out where I live, and she sends them to my house. She sends packages to my house. She sent me candy. She sent me valentine. To you and from you. That's the Because I'm sure the listeners are like, okay, well, how do you not know who it is? Actually, I do know who it is. Well, you think you do, but you don't. I'm pretty sure I know who it is. All right. But anyway. I'm positive I know who it is. Whatever. But it's only because she slipped up one time. And all the other times, it's to you. From your address. And it's not to our work, from our work address. It's to Philip, from Philip, from his home address. So, I mean, yes, it's small town. A lot of people probably know where you live around here, but I mean. Well, everybody knows who I live around here because they all stop their cars and say, hey, what's going on when I'm working in the yard or whatever. And um, it's, it's, but anyway, this lady is, mm. She's she's off the chain. She's getting up there with Retzloff and Durrell. And and for those of you again, let me start again. For those of you that do not know who 
Thomas Retzloff was or Jeffrey Durrell was. Jeffrey Durrell was an attorney hired by a mysterious person who we still don't know here in this office, but we've been contacted by the FBI and they know who hired Retzloff and Durrell. Durrell was what we call um, uh, how would you, I'm trying to think of a nice word, but I can't think of a nice word. He's just a jerk or was a jerk. He died of cancer. Oh, Jesus brought him home and I pray for his soul. You know, you don't ever want to hate your detractors because it's not a, it's not a good thing. Like my mother says, my 90 year old mother says you take the high road um, and, uh, and then Thomas Retzloff was his hitter, what we call in the business, a hitter. That doesn't mean a, a hit man. Uh, he's a convicted pedophile. Uh, and, uh, they found him dead in his house with his throat slit ear to ear. Uh, they have no suspects. <laughs> I talked to them, the, the FBI the other day. They have no suspects. Uh, they have no leads. It is a, an official cold case. I thought there was a video of a uh, African American there, there trying to break into the window. Well, they, he did try to break into the window, but like he said, the curtains were closed. He couldn't see inside. He didn't want to get his butt shot. Uh, you know, uh, Retzloff was a convicted felon and wasn't supposed to have a gun, but he liked to tell everybody, you know, look at all these guns I've got and put pictures up. So everybody kind of just left Retzloff alone. He tried to scare a lot of people out, including the federal government, including El Mirage Police Department, tried to scare a bunch of people. And they, of course, don't get scared like me. I don't care. Um, and, and so anyway, um, the, as the story goes, his girlfriend, uh, called, I, I guess his son, if the story goes truthfully, I don't believe that story, but that's the story they're putting out that, uh, the girlfriend called, uh, his son who had a key to the house who the house was leased in the son's name. Go figure that. And he, I guess Tom thought he was being tricky and everybody, every federal agent in Arizona knew in Texas knew where he was. But anyway, he opened the door, walked in, <clears throat> nothing in the living room. And then he started getting towards the uh, kitchen area back where the bedrooms were. And there was a blood trail. Uh, and they found Tom face down on the bed with his throat slit ear to ear. Now, a lot of people, oh, client, you're involved. I mean, please stop. I had nothing to do with all that. You know, Retzloff used to pick on me and for Darrell, and Darrell would pay him lots of money. We do know that. Um, and uh, the interesting part of that is that um, Retz, I don't want to say this. Retzloff, um, he knew a bunch of people in the dark world, in the, in the underbelly of what you guys know as citizenship. And he was nefarious for being a pedophile. He was nefarious for being a, uh, what would you classify him, Caroline? A narcissist? Beyond that, a psychopath. He was a psychopath. Uh, he showed up, uh, and the fun part he had was Darrell would file a lawsuit against me for nothing. He he they they do a thing called Baratree for those of you in North Newton County. 
Baritry means that um, you go solicit lawsuits against a person. And he did that 11 times. And then Retzloff would jump in and file an interpleader in the case. And once he filed the interpleader in the case, then he was able to get all filings, whether or not they were sealed or not. One, two, he would get uh, information on this company during the discovery process. And three, uh, he was able to, when the when the courts would throw the case out because it was so frivolous and there was questions of barratry, uh, he would be able to file an appeal. And what they were trying to do is they were trying to kill this company, uh, what's it called, slit by a thousand cuts or dying by a thousand cuts. It's an old saying from the CIA where you, you get a body, you get a, somebody that's alive and you slit them a little bit at a time and they lose blood. And after about a thousand times they've bled out and they die. Uh, it's a torture type, type operation. Uh, and so, um, that's what they were doing and except for they were doing it for monetary gain. So Darrell was getting paid from somebody I don't know who it was. The FBI knows who it is. Uh, and it's still, a, well, it's still an active case. And I get the gut feeling uh, there's been some FISA warrants issued uh, on not only um, this case. Well, anything that has to do with me other than clients. Does that make sense, Caroline? Yeah. It does. I mean, your buddy's with them over there. You hang out with them. It, it, isn't that kind of truthful? It's it's kind of like they're not. They don't want my clients. They don't want to talk to my clients. They don't. They don't want to deal with any of that because that's a thing called tortious interference by the federal government. They don't want to do that. But what they will do is anybody that writes anything about me, or you know, they find suspicious, threatening. I still get death threats. Uh, have we had one in the last week? I've been or what? I've been gone for three weeks, right? Mm-hmm. So what? Not while you've been gone. Not while I'm yeah. So happy days. No death threats against me in the last three weeks. Before that, the week before that, oh geez, open, open the door, Fanny. Here they come. It was a full moon too, wasn't it? And so that usually gets people spurred up. But anyway, there was death threats. But uh, but anybody that talks about me on the internet that in a uh, in, in not a demeaning manner, but in a manner uh, that that would indicate threat threatening, or people that are fixated on me, you know we have a we have a girl out in Seattle, Washington. Is that where you are? No, she's from North North uh, California, and she's fixated on me. They've mentioned her name. Um, they um, long story short, most of the people that are fixated on you come from your past cases. Yeah, just is what it is. It's kind of weird. I mean, it's kind of really, really, really weird. But anyway, uh, that's the bottom line. There's a girl up in uh, Idaho, Boise, Idaho. They're watching. Uh, there, I mean, there's, 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 there's some people. But anyway, the bottom line is these two guys hooked up and have done this. Now, current day, uh, we have uh, two more that have fixated on me. Um, one I cannot publicly talk about, and I'm sorry, uh, but I can't talk about them. I've had to hire legal counsel now. Uh, legal counsel has advised me not to talk about him. Um, Her. No, it's him. Which one are we talking about? I'm, I'm giving hand signals. I don't know what that means. What? 
Canadian Texas. The situation no, I there. Know that. I okay, mean, I know so that's what to, I'm talking everything about. Everything has to go back to Canadian. Good I know. Lady. It's just, I mean, oh my God. But it wasn't. A- so, anyway, uh, there's a guy up there that, um, that has done a few things. I'm working with the authorities right now uh, to get through uh, everything I need to get through uh, in this. Uh, now, the, in my understanding is the investigation has switched uh, from looking at me to looking at him and. Uh, the feds are watching, and it's it's an interesting situation that's turned out. This is definitely a stalker. That's all I can say. That's it. That's all. Not going to get anything else out of me until it's over, but it's going to be a story I'm going to tell because it's a story of how, um, you know, it's a story of, 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 of true mental illness, true mental illness. And uh, it has to do with uh, a case that's ongoing in uh, a 99th District Court in Lubbock, Texas. Uh, I am a witness. It's borderline witness tampering, witness intimidation. Uh, after all the information uh, that uh, has been uh, provided and from us to uh, different law enforcement agencies, uh, and so now we will uh, do what we have to do. Uh, and uh, I, you know, again, like I've told everybody, there are certain people in certain cases that I, I'm just not going to talk about because that's what turns them on. That's what gets them all giddy. They get to be talked about. Even if it's negative, they get to be talked about. Oh, Klein knows about this. Klein knows about that. See, he's stalking us. And nobody's stalking anybody. I don't read social media. And I sure, unless you guys bring it to me. Do y'all do that? Sometimes. Sometimes. If it's bad, you don't bring it, do you? Not always. <laughs> But anyway, um, so so that's kind of what's going on there. Now, uh, the other stalker uh, comes from, uh, like we said, Boise, Idaho. Uh, she lives up in Boise, Idaho. Uh, it's a terrible situation that happened to her family. We were retained to take a look and review everything. We did so. Uh, but it's never enough for her. Uh, we've tried to help this lady as much as we possibly can. We were warned by state and federal authorities when we got involved in the case that it was not a stable situation. Uh, and so we're hoping at this point, uh, uh, this nice lady, uh, and she is a nice lady. I can't say enough about her. She stabilizes her life a little bit. Um, and, and that's one thing I want to add on cause you, you, you work with these folks more than I do. When something tragic happens to you, um, there's a period of psychosis, paranoia um, that you go through during the, in, what do you call it, the recovery process. I've heard you talk about it in, in some talks you've given. Um, the recovery process from post-traumatic stress. And sometimes you see things or read a, a line in a piece of paper and uh, you go, oh, my God, they're talking about me. And well, no, they're not. Uh, but anyway, that's the short story on this. And uh, we wish her well. Uh, we feel horrible for her. Uh, and, uh, you know, if, if the situation ever pops up uh, that she needs more help, well, you know, we're going we're going to uh, we're going to help this lady because, uh, you know, we want her to. Uh, we want her to get through what happened to her 30 years ago, and uh, um, and and you know we got a little closer, 
but unfortunately, sometimes in cases, uh, uh, communication breaks down and people break down, and it's just the way it is. It comes with the territory, especially in a lot of the big cases we work. So anyway, there you go. We're we're getting stalked again. Um, you know, we uh, we're comfortable. We're we're comfortable right where we are. We've broken no laws. We've done. You know, it's first thing everybody says. You didn't break any laws. Yeah, I know, but still, it doesn't matter. I tell my friends. I I, I have dinner with Uncle Alan. Your Uncle Alan. Mm-hmm. I, I had dinner with him, and he looked at me over dinner, and he said, and we were at Papacitas, by the way. <laughs> hmm. What? When was that? Mm. When was I in Houston? Day before yesterday? You didn't tell me you had dinner. Oh, yeah. I had dinner mm-hmm. with Uncle Alan. And uh, we were sitting there eating. He looked at me. He says, "Why do you, at your age, why don't you just quit? I mean, you're to the point, you're at the pinnacle of your career. Why don't you just quit? And I looked at him and said, you know, there's people out there that need help. And if I can help them and my crew can help them, uh, you know, by gads, we're going to help them. Number two, most importantly, is I'm not ready to go yet. I mean, I've already retired once, right? Fire department? I mean, partial. Mm -hmm. What? You retired from a firefighter. That's not retirement. That's, That's you no longer being a firefighter. That's not that well, wasn't your that wasn't your day job. I know, but I miss it. I mean, I, I do. I miss the guys. I miss the the laughter, the sitting around the kitchen table talking. I miss the people. You know, I still get that one young boy every May. What is it? May twenty third that shows up at my uh, my house with his father and knocks on the front door and says. You know, I, I, we're doing this every year on May twenty third, and the first year he did it, I said, well. How'd you find out where I lived? And he goes, well, it's public record. And I said, oh, yeah, okay. And he says, uh, I just want to thank you for saving my son. The story is he was his son was being stupid, and it was wet, wet, wet street, and he was going like 60 miles an hour, and his back end flipped out on him, and he rolled about, what, four, five, six times, landed in a culvert down here in southeast Texas. We have these big water culverts that take water out to the ocean. We're only, what? 14 miles as the crow flies to the ocean and uh, or to Sabine Lake, actually, that flows into the Gulf of Mexico. Mm-hmm. And his truck slid down there. And it, when I got to him, the call went out. Uh, and I live uh, 10 blocks from there. And I just pulled up in my driveway when the call came out. So I was I got there within 30 seconds to a minute. When I turned the corner, everybody was standing up on the kind of little bridge and was pointing down there. So I got my bunker bottoms on real quick, and I slid down into the into the culvert, and I saw his head underwater. So I got his head up. He wasn't breathing. I breathed life into him, uh, mouth-to-mouth uh, resuscitation. And uh, by that time, the fire engines showed up, and the... Uh, and the uh, ambulances showed up, and once everybody got there, uh, you know, I was able to uh, get a tool that I keep on my bunker gear and be able to cut his uh, uh, cut his uh, uh, lap belt off. And he fell into my arms, and I continued with CPR uh, in the bottom of the truck, kind of on the bottom truck. I was kind of sitting there on the dashboard, and I was uh, pumping on his chest, and. Uh, 
Uh, anyway, got him back, and we got him out of the car, and they put him in an ambulance, or in a helicopter, actually, and helicopter him over to Houston, who you can't say enough about Herman Hospital. God, the trauma center there is unfreaking believable. They're the heroes. I'm not the hero. They were the heroes. So anyway, they uh, loaded him up in the helicopter, took him, and uh, he came out of it. He had a little. He has a little deficit, but he's been able to work through that deficit. And uh, so anyway, uh, he was. We, we got. Visitors. What do we got? Visitors? Think so. My goodness. Okay, they just shut the door. Sorry okay. about that. So I was like, is somebody coming? So uh, <laughs> paranoia. And so uh, anyway, the bottom line is this. They uh, got him back. He got his faculties back. And then every uh, May, and I again, I say it's, I think it's the 23rd, uh, him and his father knock on my front door. And I always kind of make sure I'm home. And I bring him in the living room. We talk about the year and what he's done. He's now graduated from college. He's gotten last year. He had a sweet little girlfriend that came with him, and they looked like they were going to get married. And uh, you know, it. Uh, I'm hopefully they got married. Uh, and it's it's not it's it, it, it's it's a thing we call survivor syndrome. You've heard of that, Caroline. You miss mm-hmm. psychology over there. Survivor syndrome, syndrome. But if it makes the kid feel good, I say, kid, I'm 64. Uh, so he's what, 20? I think 24. He's 24 now. And, um, you know, if it makes him feel good, makes me feel good, makes the world a better place. Um, I'm not going to lie. There's a couple of times he's walked out the front door. Where I've teared up and shed a few tears, and that's my post-traumatic stress uh, that I've suffered uh, being uh, in this business 37 years and being a firefighter medic uh, for 30 plus years. So you know that's a lot of time. So anyway, there you go. So that's the, that situation. Um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a break, note, and we're going to come back and do this Q and A that we. Um, My producer is sitting here signaling me. We have producers now. Well, you were going on a tangent. Well, you know what? That's okay because it's called the Klein Files. <laughs> Get it? See that? See that sign right there? And by the way, before we go to break, how long till we go start doing it uh, on camera where um, people can see that us? That is a CK question, not a CG question. CK and CG. Yes. I'm irritating Caroline today because she says when I do this. Nope. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. Absolutely not. She cut me off. I did. When I take a sip of my water or whatever I'm drinking, and she says it bothers her. It does <laughs> because everybody else can hear it. And if it's I like breathe, slurping, I bother her. Anyways, we will be back here. You're in a stalker. Just a moment. <laughs> All right, so we have a few questions that have been sent in. Obviously, they're going to be about our big cases. I'm going to go through because there's Well, hold some... on a minute. Why didn't you welcome back our listeners? Because that's just redundant. We don't have to it's welcome back. It's not redundant. They're here. They're listening. Oh, come on. We know, come on. We, we know they're here. They're listening. They're recording. Oh, they're OMG. putting it into a file. Okay, well, they're... welcome back to yeah, part exactly. two where we are going to do a QA. and <laughs> um, So I know, again, these are about a lot of our big cases. Just shoot them at me. I'll be very short. Hold on, because, I mean, we need to preface this that we're not going to be able to sit here and talk about two of our big cases. But with that, I'm still going to read these questions and we'll just, like, acknowledge a piece of it and then explain why we're not going to talk about it further. But um, this one I I really do want to read because it comes in from a listener named Don Blackwell. And um, this is what he says. 
and it's kind of long, so bear with me. As a Texas-born resident for 74 years, I'm quite familiar with small-town law enforcement practices, good and bad, and all in-betweens. That knowledge and three-fourths of a century of paying attention to my instincts have long ago become mutually validating. So the Thomas Brown case has stunk like a covey of skunks from the get-go. Covey of skunks. Covey. Mm -hmm. Canadian may be 100 miles away, but all communities in the sparsely populated Texas panhandle feel a kinship with all other communities here. So as such, we're all very interested in a case of that magnitude being resolved and justice being served. No matter whether we live within the community in question or not, in November it will be seven years since he disappeared. His remains weren't found for three years, even though it's unthinkable that somebody didn't know where they were that whole time and equally unthinkable that at least one person knows exactly what happened. Highly, li- highly likely more than one person knowing by now. There's been far too many multifaceted drama grow out of this case, so much that there are now opposing sides regarding multiple issues, all to the point that it's distracted from the primary point of the case. For example... Read that sentence again. Okay, and let me back up. There's been far too much multifaceted drama. Go slow. That is slow. For a third time. There's been far too much multifaceted drama grow out of this case. So much that there are now opposing sides regarding multiple issues. All to the point that it's distracted from the primary point of this case. Example. Makes you want to go, hmm. Anyway, go ahead. Who killed Thomas Brown and when will they be brought to justice? We all realize that half of the drama is rooted in actions and the other half is rooted in response to those actions. But everybody in the Texas panhandle has become weary of all the side stories spawned by the case. So we all deserve more information about the case itself. Yes, you've done a splendid job of investigation, but respectfully, we still want to know more about the progress towards justice than about all the other stuff. So I... I wanted to read the whole thing because I think he makes a good point. And I think what we need, what we, the only thing we can say at this point to our listeners regarding the Thomas Brown case is that sometimes in my opinion, and you can follow up with your opinion on this, in my opinion, you have to go through the stuff that the evidence has pointed to for our investigation. Our evidence has pointed to where we are today. And that is why we were in, we are now in litigation, whether someone else sees it as, as drama. And we're I say not we, in litigation. I, I was just about to say that not we our clients. Our clients have chosen litigation in hopes that they will get more answers out of whatever's going on. Correct. Is that not well, the understanding? No. Well, well, it is for me. Okay. Well, for you, it may be, but for them, they have been attacked. They've been accused of homicide or they have been accused of cover up violating the law. I mean, it's, there's so many wild accusations out there that the, and, and, and they have sued under the, um, under the um, uh, not tortious interference, but it's I guess it's a libel and slander type thing. I am a material witness. I've been notified by all counsel that I am a material witness. Therefore, 
I am not speaking about the case or the details of the case. But in our opinion, uh, in my opinion, I should say, uh, you know, I, I think I've been very clear to the media uh, that have contacted me. And I've said it publicly that, you know, sometimes in cases you get people that want you to look over here while they're doing something over here, uh, over there. So let me say that again so I'm clear. Sometimes they want to tie you up or they want to say things about you or discredit you and make you look over there while all the while, all the while they're doing something over here. So that's, that's a problem. And so it got out of control. They were warned, stop. You're, you're accusing of, of us of crimes. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking about Philip. Because I'm remember, folks, I'm a public person. It's not until someone acts out with law enforcement and accuses me of a crime that I can act. That's as much as I can say about that. Uh, The FBI doesn't want me to talk about it, and there's other law enforcement officials that have asked me not to talk about it. I'm not going to talk about it. But the bottom line now is is that the Meeks have been, and, and those poor people, God bless them. I mean, I have never seen a stronger family than I've seen in the Meeks. Now, have I sat there in their living room and watched them cry? Have I sat there in their living room and watched them get angry? Have I sat there in their living room and 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 watched them with white faces go? You know, how does this happen? Uh, I, I I have, and I feel horrible for them. But I am a material witness in the case, and what I have to say, I will say in my depositions. Okay. So there's what, seven plaintiffs, I think, eight plaintiffs. I I mean, I'm sorry, eight defendants. Uh, Everybody's going to get a shot at me. Uh, Everybody's going to, everybody gets me for six hours in the room. And uh, so that's six times eight, that's 48 hours of testimony. And then they'll get to do what lawyers do nitpick it on out. I think they'll be shocked what they see and hear their clients have done. But that's all I can say. Uh, I'm shocked, but I look forward to, I look forward to my depositions, but I'm a material witness. Therefore, there are certain things you can't do to me now. Uh, and, um, they're still trying to do it and it's, uh, it's not good. It's not good at all. Well, Um, and all this will play out legally. It will. So, so anyway, that's that side. What was the other part of that question? Uh, solving the case, solving the case. Uh, and what was this gentleman's name? Blackwell, Mr. John Bla- Blackwell, John, John, let me tell you something. If we could solve it tomorrow morning, we would solve it and be done and wipe our hands and say, okay, this is what truly happened. This is the suspect, but you know what? You got to have cooperation between agencies. And we don't have that now because there's a suit that has been filed and everyone's going to be a witness and it's going to ferret itself out. And, uh, I, uh, I, do I think it's going to ferret a suspect out? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. I think it will. But, um, I don't, the, the Meeks are not using, uh, this lawsuit as that whatsoever. They're using it, uh, because they've been damaged. They've been hurt. 
uh, you know, you, she, I guess we can talk about it. She no longer works for the school district. They let her go. Uh, Mr. Meek uh, no longer is at the fire department. He left because uh, uh, he was harassed. Uh, the town, some people in town have really, really, really hurt these people. And then all of a sudden we find there was something going on. Uh, and uh, that's been the focus of the investigation. So, John, uh, we will figure it out. I'm not leaving their side until we figure it out. This team is committed to it. And that's all I can say. All right. Moving on. So we have another one. Um, let's we've talked about Idaho. So let's just go to Idaho. Mm-hmm. Um, you stated in the past that the Coons case is solvable. The question is, do you feel believe that it's solvable only if certain people come forward? Yes, I believe it's solvable. Yes, I believe one of the two suspects will turn on each other. But as long as people like her mother, what's the mother's name, Trina Clegg? As long as Trina Clegg continues to enable her daughter, Trina's not going to know where little Dior is. When was the last time, according to the law enforcement, when was the last time they did any searches? When was the last time? Because they haven't done anything because there's nothing to do. They know what happened to that body. I think that they had, they buried him and they know exactly. Oh, I know. Uh, we, we, we are. I will announce today that we will be back up in Idaho in 30, 45 days. Uh, and we will be doing a search, flying in Trace and the dogs. Uh, we will be doing a search uh, in a uh, in a landfill um, that we uh, you know we haven't announced to the public, but we're doing it today. Uh, we will solve this case. That's another case. You know, everybody thinks guys like me and you and MJ and uh, Trace and Charlie and uh, Troy and all the people that are assigned to this case think that we can just wiggle our nose. And solve cases. That's not the way it works. There are some smart narcissistic criminals out there. There are smart narcissistic criminals out there. And these smart narcissistic criminals can do things to cover their tracks only to a point. Until smart people figure out, okay, now we put that in the timeline and oops, there we go. How do we do that from here and there? And what's missing from the game? You know, I've always told everybody, I'll ask you, Caroline, you tell the public, what was missing from the campsite from the time they got there to the time they left? Where's one item that was missing? Caroline, go. What was missing? The cooler? Yep. My belief is that baby's body was put into a cooler. And we'll take it from there. And we know where it happened because we did a dig. We know where that child's body was. At one point. At one point. The dogs all hit. Hell, even that, uh, what's that dude's name from North Carolina? Uh, uh, David Marshburn? Mm, Yeah. Is that his name? Mm -hmm. Boy, my brain is working good today. You better watch out. Mm. Uh, David Marshburn, uh, 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 his dogs, according to law enforcement, hit in the same area as our dogs hit. So all that 
Crap, Marshburn was saying that client's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about. My dogs are better than his dogs. And then the law enforcement just stood there and laughed at him because his dogs hit in the same place we did, which is good. It means he's got a good trained dog. So there you go. Uh, so anyway, yes, we will we will figure that out. Uh, give us time. We'll get it. I know it's not. It's like the other case in uh, Canadian. Uh, it's uh, the Tom Brown case. That, you know, we, we, we're following leads. We'll get there. But they're right. You know, it's usually one other person that knows. But has our suspects changed? No, not at all. Okay, moving on to the next one. Um, I'm wondering if there is an update in the Luza Harris case with Susan's aunt in Oklahoma moving closer to the Oklahoma, Texas border and with her being 90 ish years old and with the statement that Susan was living near the Oklahoma, Texas border. Is there any chance this is just a coincidence? Well, first of all, what I'm going to do is I'm going to say I cannot confirm nor deny that that statement was made that Susan's living near the Texas Oklahoma border because I don't have firsthand testimony to that. Well, yes, that's, that's the tip that we released a long time ago. A few, I get it, but I, we, years. I know, but I didn't get the firsthand testimony. They wouldn't talk. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, okay. I see what you're saying, but mm-hmm. irrelevant. So is it a coincidence? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Is it a coincidence? I wouldn't think so because they know everybody and their mother's watching. You know, this is the longest parental kidnapping case on record in the United States of America. Uh, We've been honored to work with uh, Orange County, California, District Attorney's Office, FBI, uh, local law enforcement. uh, And we're bringing in two new, two, well, yeah, two new sets of fresh eyes to look at this case. Mm Mm-hmm. To go back over some things, one being... Um, People don't believe us when we when we say, look, if we bring in outside help for peer review. We bring in outside help for fresh sets of eyes. Because you know what? We're not perfect. And we will miss some things sometimes. Uh, and so, you know, there you go. I mean, that's just the bottom line. So we need fresh eyes, right? Basically. Right. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Anyways, the, an update with the Zaharias case, like I just said, I mean, we've, we addressed that one question, but, um, an update with that Lou is still in contact with us. He, he's now residing in Texas. Um, Thank we've God. met with him a couple times. He came to the motherland just in time. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. We're still following leads. We've had a lot of leads come in a lot of the same tips though. People that we've already cleared that are nothing to do with this case, um, you know, a lot of people feel the need to send it to us, you know, to verify check. I always thank you, but, um, no, it's not them. So we're following some other leads that are a possibility. We have two new sets of eyes coming in on the case. And, and then that's a good point. That's a good point. If you know something, say something. If you have a suspicion, it's okay. Send it to us. We want to, you know, we've solved cases around here where it's been dead for like six months. We've had no leads. And, you know, all of a sudden the phone will ring and somebody says, you know, I remember I saw you on TV. And this is, I was in the grocery store and I just happened to write down a license plate. Then we get the license plate and then we send a police unit out there to monitor the situation or actually we get on airplanes and fly out there and, and monitor situations and then call in the local police and it's amazing 
how we solve cases like that. It is just amazing. So folks, people, people, listen. If you have a suspicion in the Zaharias case, send it to us. Send it to Caroline Gear at KleinInvestigations.com. We act on every single tip that comes in. It's our fiduciary responsibility, and we, we take that very seriously. Go ahead. All right. And then um, one, I'm going to check our other page just to make sure. But another last question that I have here um, is Molly Miller case. So I don't even know. I, I get this tip, right? <laughs> Look, I, they've somebody has been doing a podcast on the Molly Miller case in depth. I have, I, I'll be honest, I have not listened. Somebody asked me the other day um, in a message to my personal page. Have you been listening to this? And I, I truly haven't. I do hear they're doing an amazing job. Um, I'm loving the detailed coverage that that um, couple is doing on the Molly Miller case. Um, I've heard it's great. But I will say that I, this tip that I just received, I say I just received, is now stating that Colt Haynes' brother confessed to killing them. He's full of crap. And so, you know, I to answer your question, I mean, yes, we still run down leads. Yes, we're still following the case. Yes, we still are very, um, I'm very, I guess, let me speak for myself. I am very in tuned to what is going on at all times. We still are in touch with the investigator on the case. We, uh, through the local. Three um, investigators. The local one, OSBI, you know, all the things. So it is still moving forward. It's still happening and going um, anything you want to add to that? Yeah, there, let's just give you a quick update. So the OSBI has now been taken out. The Highway Patrol has now been taken out. But tell Ronnie Hampton that. Ronnie Hampton, I will tell you, is maybe one of the best state troopers I have ever met in my entire life. When we found the gun, right? Everybody seems to like to remember. forget that. But when we found the gun that Con Nip's mother had stashed at her boyfriend's house, according to the boyfriend, and the machete, ooh, ooh, the machete, right, that she had stashed at the boyfriend's house. I'll never forget the look in his face when I knocked on his front door. I said, my name is Philip Klein. I'm an investigator. And he looked at me. He went, well, what took you so long? I need this crap out of my house. And we got it. We bagged. We tagged a gun. We bagged and tagged the the uh, uh, machete. We got a sworn statement from him, uh, and we went right. We left right uh, from the house. Went to Ronnie Hampton's office. Ronnie was sitting there in his chair, and we went in the conference room. And he says, "What you got?" And I opened it up. Uh, we we broke the seal on the bag, and uh, and he looked at it. And he went, "Oh my God!" I said, "Yep." He said, what you got in that one? I said, a knife. And he just looked at me. He said, oh, my God. We were able to do something in one day that, you know, everybody was lying to law enforcement. There's a bunch of people out there. There's some really great people out there. But there are some people out there that are so hooked on methamphetamine. I mean, it was just, you know, it's just terrible. And then Khan's girlfriend, who we still believe didn't tell us the truth boy everybody got nervous when they saw us out there with the traco and and uh, digging in that ravine didn't they they did and they and where the dogs were all hitting like crazy the dog didn't just hit didn't just sit down the dog hit in a 15 foot radius 
And then we were all going back through the interviews that we had done with the, the friends of Molly and Colt, some of which were at the party that night. And they were talking to them on the phone saying, where are you? Well, we're in the dark. We can't see, but, but uh, Colt's climbing a tree and the, and the branch broke and he fell and he broke his leg and he's bleeding all over the place. And then, and then while, while we were, the dogs were hitting trace, I could see trace. She wasn't looking at the dog. She looked straight up and she goes, Oh my gosh. And pointed up there. Well, sure enough, there's the tree with the broken branch. And it wasn't just a branch, was it? It was a, it's a good, what? I was home on maternity leave during that. Oh, was so it? I we was weren't there. there. That's right. So it was, uh, it was about, uh, oh, I'd say one foot around branch and it was up there and we caught it sent up there, cut down some branches, caught the scent. Uh, so we know where they were. We know where they were executed. They were executed friends. They were executed. Now, I've dug my heels in the ground, and it's upset everybody in this office, but I've dug my heels in the ground because everybody thinks I'm closed, focused on this. But in the Molly and Colt case, my belief is their bodies are buried within a quarter-mile radius of where the dog was working. I believe they were brought over a fence line. I believe a hole was dug, and I believe they were buried out there. Uh, we can't get the dog on the land because the land is owned by the Nips. Right? That is correct. And so we can't get the dogs over there. Now, does everybody else can go run your rabbit trails. I'm done. Maybe maybe you're right and maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I pray to God you're right. I pray to God I'm wrong. But I'm telling you, and I've told Colt's family this, and I've told Molly's family this, that until we get on to the Nip property and we're able to come in there with machines and cut down the high grass and the trees and everything else and then put our dogs out there and be able to spend a week out there on that property. That's a pretty big piece of property. We, we believe those bodies are buried down there. Why do I say that? Well, because last time we were out there with the dogs, and we've never told this story, I don't think, the good old red dot showed up on... My uh, my chest and the good old red dot showed up floating around. What is the good old red dot? That's somebody with a long rifle with a laser attachment. And everybody saw it. And we had to go tactical. We have, you know, of course, as many of you know, we carry tactical weapons in our car because we're PPO officers. Uh, and we had to set up a perimeter. But we sent a message right back to them. You can you can aim guns and it was and it came from the knit property. You can aim guns at us all day long, but you don't scare us. Now, some of you may go, well, why didn't they shoot? Because if they had shot, that would have given us probable cause to get on their property. And we would never have stopped until we got what we needed. So they're smart in that way. They know. Okay. You can try to scare us away, but you're not going to scare us away. That's why I have dug my heels into the ground. It's kind of like a couple other cases. You just know. Like Tom Brown. I mean, I'll testify to this. Like the Tom Brown case. I knew his body was out there. Every single witness we had talked to, the kids, confessed, yeah, he's probably out there. We found tennis shoes. We found we found a bunch of stuff out there before his body was found. We kept it kind of quiet. There was a reason we kept it quiet. We didn't know who to trust. 
And that's why people come in and hire you. That's right. I dig my heels in the ground and I don't give up. And, um, you know, that's why I tell everybody, you just don't ever give up. Go with, what do I say around here? Go with what you know. Mm -hmm. Y'all come in here with these crazy theories and I'll go, go with what you know. What does the evidence say? Well, the evidence says opposite of what this says. Well, then go with what you know. Stick with your evidence. Stick with the evidence. Jesus. And on that note, I'm going to go back to listening to the Lori Daybell trial. And um, how's that going? Uh, very sad, very sad, but of interest because of, interest. of Idaho. Is so. there any other questions that you'd like to ask me? No. As your leader? Mm-mm, nope. Okay. All I right. think we've covered everything that we um, have. We've been in here long can. enough. We're running out of time. All right. We have a meeting to get in an hour. So, oh, anywho, am I booked up today? Thank you. You, me, I don't know, both of us, I guess. We're both booked up. Um, anyways, thank you all for tuning in today. Yeah, and thank you. As I always tell everybody, thank you so much for listening to this. I know I ramble on sometimes, but hopefully I'm entertaining enough where people can get a giggle out of what I say. And, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm different in the deposition, aren't I? You are. <laughs> if you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Facebook at The Klein Files, and you can follow us on any podcast platform now at any time, and we will be working on getting the video going soon, which means I'm going to have to actually like... Can't camera set up in here. I know everybody's... We're all wired. We're that, ready to go. I was thinking I'm going to actually have to make sure that I like dress up now instead of wearing my workout clothes when I don't have to see people. Oh. Well... Something you don't have to worry about, huh? I wear jeans and boots. That's the way I do it. All so right, unless guys. I'm in suits and ties. And again, on behalf of all of us at KIC Texas, all nine investigators, thank you so very much for listening to us. We really appreciate you. We'll see you next time. The Klein Files, I'm in a grumpy mood. Blah blah blah. And you know what they say, assuming makes an ass of yourself. My name's Philip Klein and I'm a fixer. And I am. It's a real damn thing.